Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Hi, Marjorie. Happy post-Thanksgiving. I know. I'm so rested. It was such a great break. It really was. We decided not to go anywhere. Oh, yeah. So we just stayed home. Mm -hmm. And our our kids are in Chicago, but everybody was like, like, we're good. We're going to spend Christmas together. We're good. Yeah. And we both, Ian and I, really needed to just stop. I mean, it, the schedules have been a little crazy. Um, there's a lot of grading of papers. This grading Jeez. of papers thing, Elizabeth. Oh, it's well, that's interesting to know because I've always thought like teaching a college class would be fun if any college would like to have me. Um, but then the more people that I talk to about teaching a college class seems kind of like more work than I thought. <laughs> it's very hard. I'm actively looking for hard. less work, not more work. So I don't know. I was just reading something. So my aunt was a college professor for years and years. She's my step aunt and she's fairly well known. She wrote a fairly prominent, um, book, I think in the eighties. Cool. So she's, she's, she's very, very well known. And I was reading, she won a big award and I was reading the interview with her and they were asking her about retirement. And she said she missed being in the classroom, but the grading, right. it's like you talk to any, talk to any professor. And they will say, it's the grading. It's the grading. It's the grading. And that's because it's liberal arts. So it's not like you're a math professor where, you know, the answer is the answer. Yeah. For the most part, even I think at higher levels of math, it's more complicated. But, you know, I teach writing. It's super subjective. Oh, for sure. And so, and it's long. So you're, you know, I'm grading essays. And so it's a lot. (laughs) And so I think that, um, that, that we just needed to, to slow down. And not do so much grading and sort of catch up. I had to catch up on assignments of my own. And if I taught anything, I would have to teach TV where I'm like, you write a minute 20 script. (laughs) See, now that's the thing. If I could teach, if I could teach television. Yeah. I would do that in a heartbeat, but all of that's skills based and I'm just not a good enough editor. You could do it. You're, Mm. you worked for Oprah. You have that. You just say Oprah and then it's like, great. (laughs) Open the door. Come on in. We would like Come to learn in. something from you. 100%. It'd be great. Uh, I don't, it doesn't really work that way, but. Well, but I yes, admire I, what you do. But you are right. Teaching uh, television, minute 20 script, those I could get through. I loved editing scripts. It's the best. That's the best. <laughs> Just no Anyway, that's not papers. what we're talking about today. No, we're talking, we're talking about, about embracing winter because um we are heading into the darkest months of the year. I mean, we're already here. Like my children wake up in the morning and it's pitch black. It's dark. It's not getting light wow. until well after seven o'clock. And when I oh. walk out of the TV studio, you know, the show wraps at 430 and um it's and then sick. I have like a quick meeting and then I usually change clothes and get out of there at like 445, you know, whatever. I mean, it's dark, like it's dark. And so, um, 
there are a couple of things about this that I've been thinking about. Number one, ways to kind of incorporate into my wellness routine things that um, I think make a big difference when it comes to feeling better in the winter. And the older I get, the more I think those things are important. Again, I always have to say, like, I'm not a doctor, so just take my <laughs> medical advice for what it's worth. It's We're just people worth- that are trying to feel good. That's just all. people. Um, but then I came across this fascinating article in Rolling Stone. I don't know. It just like showed up in a news feed or something. It's not like I'm normally reading Rolling Stone, but I felt kind of cool that I was, I guess, um, <laughs> about this young woman who is a, she really has quite a following on TikTok. I'm also not cool enough to have the TikTok. I don't know how to tick and I don't know how to talk. And frankly, I'm not interested in learning. No, we need to do that. Ah, you need can to take over TikTok. I don't know how to do it. Okay. Um, but what's so fascinating is that I find that when I feel like, oh, this is a bummer about things, when I see that it's worse for other people, I feel better about my own life. Does this make sense? Yeah, there's a word for, there's a German word for that. What is it? Schagenfreude. I think I'm mispronouncing that, which is about how you take joy in other people's misery. I, I am mispronouncing that. So you can, you can yeah. correct me in your heads as you're listening to this. I'm looking it up. I can't, I, I, it's like, you know, and it, what's yeah. interesting about it is it doesn't necessarily feel like joy to me, but it feels like perspective. Like this is, I was just no, having fair. a conversation today about, um, at a shoot I was at today about history. Like when I feel, I've talked about this on the podcast before, when I feel like the world feels out of control and really right. bad and like, oh my gosh, everything's terrible and, you know, we're all going to hell in a handbasket and blah, blah, blah. Looking back at history makes me feel a lot better because I think there are just some universal truths about the way that humans are and that in when you look back at history, there are a lot of things that have been a lot worse at certain times. So for some reason, when I'm in like a situation, if I can look at where it could be worse, it does offer me a bit of perspective. Perspective. And that's, okay. but that's, that's smart. And that's a good yeah. way to look at life. And humans are imperfect. So history will always be imperfect. For sure. Um, and so this, we know more than, we know more than we used to, which also makes things seem worse. That is true. Yeah. Absolutely true. Because yeah. you're not only hearing the gossip about like what's wrong in just your little tiny town, you hear it's about it around the whole world, which can feel very overwhelming. But yeah. then there are also really cool things about hearing what other people are doing around the world, like this TikToker named Cecilia Blomdahl. Okay. So she lives in this um Norwegian, how do you say the word ar- archipelago? Is that how you say it? Sure. Okay. I've read that word a thousand times. I don't know how to say it. I've never had to say it on television. And if I have to say it on television, then I will probably make an idiot of myself like I just did on this podcast. But it's, um, I don't even know what that is. We both mispronounced a word. So we're good. So move on. I'll look up the definition. It's some sort of like small (laughs) island or peninsula or something, whatever an archipelago is. Um, it's the name of it is Svalbard and it's near the North Pole. And this woman, Cecilia Blumdahl, she lives there, okay? So she didn't always live there, but she's lived there for the past, I don't know, maybe decade or so. Right. She last saw the sunset on October 27th. Oh, my God. And she will not see the sunrise again until March of 2023. I couldn't do it. I couldn't it's do it. Fascinating. So I'm like yeah. always intrigued by these places, you know, cause right. I live north. Like we, you know, if you're in Minnesota, which a lot of our listeners are, like you're north, you know that we live in a land where it gets dark early. 
The sun rises late right. when we're in the winter months, and then we have those nights in the summer where it's light until like 930. This right. is a whole different ball game. So she lives in this cabin in the tundra. And she, her videos get like millions of views and she documents the island's seasonal extremes. So the, by this time of year, the tilting of the earth's axis, according to Rolling Stone, has tipped Svalbard so far <laughs> into darkness that the sun does not cross its horizon no matter the time of day. So between mid-November and late February, it will be a total blackout, dark as midnight, from now until late February, 24 hours a day. It is four months where you do not see the sun at all. Temperatures average in the teens and they call it the polar night. And okay. she says she's 32 years old. This is Cecilia Blumdahl. She says it's her favorite time of year and she moved there just like on a whim in 2015. She'd lived in all sorts of different places and she just is sort of like an adventurous spirit. Um, but before that, she didn't even know it existed. And then she decided to go and work there um, and just live there because she's always loved winter. And then she started doing these TikToks and now she's like made her life there and she found a partner who she loves and um, mm. and she just can never imagine leaving. So it's so fascinating because she says that the polar night is actually easier than the 24 hours of sun that come in the summer months. I think it would so much of this would have, have to do with body rhythms. So I can kind of see that because it would just make you feel sleepy. Whereas yes. the 24 hours of sun would really sort of mess with what am I supposed to be doing right now? It's such, yeah. Yeah, that's it. She says the endless daylight is a little bit mind crazy. You can never yeah. get out of it. It's a lot more intense. She says, I love polar night so much more because it comes with such a feeling of coziness and community and it's right. a lot easier on the body. And she does like, I mean, she sees amazing. It's, you know, it's like a wildlife photographer's paradise, like right. where she lives is so cool. Um, But she just takes all these photos of these beautiful views and they, and I, what I think is so cool about this though, is it's just this really extreme idea of embracing whatever season you're in and adapting to it to make it really wonderful, which instead of like fighting against it in Minnesota, there's so many people who are like, no, I hate the snow. I hate the cold. I hate this. And it's sort of like, I don't know, either you've got to move somewhere or just figure out a way to make it fun for yourself because fighting against the rhythm of nature all the time feels not good. Well, I think the the truth of that is, is it not only does it not feel good, it's not good for your spirit, but it makes you absolutely no fun to be around. For sure. I mean, one of the rules that Ian and I had when we did the morning show in Minnesota, and I'm not from Minnesota, I'm from Chicago, which is cold and windy, but Minnesota's different. And I yeah. didn't realize that. It's different. The winters are longer. Yeah. They're harsher. Yeah. Um, The sky is different. I, I it's, it's all, it's, it's. It was shocking to me, quite frankly. But one of the rules we had in the morning show was to not complain about the weather. Mm. Because imagine, you know, you're waking up to this morning show every morning and the people on the radio are complaining about the snow or they're complaining about the cold or they're complaining. about. I mean, in extreme cases, I'm sure I did. I'm yeah. sure that I broke that rule. But it was kind of my husband's thing. It's like we have to embrace and feel good about this, which I thought from a, just from a talk show standpoint, that was really smart. Because if you think about your friends who complain about where y'all live, 
They're no fun to be around. I know. You don't want to hear the stories about how awful the winter is. You really don't. And I think that was one of the things that I actually loved about Minnesota was that I think as a people, Minnesotans overall, like the the overall feeling that I got from Minnesotans is that they embrace the winter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I so. the sledding, the skating, the being outside. Yeah. There's so many activities that the city's sponsors that go on outside. And so I do think there's an element of that, not perfection again. I mean, I'm making some sweeping generalizations, but I will tell you, winter in Minnesota in the Twin Cities was very different than winter in Chicago, which I don't feel when I was growing up embraced the idea of winter. It was something to get through. It was something to get through. I do remember, though, you protested at one point. It was like cold and it was going to be, we were doing our radio show together and it was cold and you refused to wear anything other than a black turtleneck until it got like above 10 degrees. We were in some sort of terrible polar vortex, which was offensively cold. And you were, you were protesting as your ancestors taught you to do. Yes. I, I, I think that went on for two and a half months. (laughs) I wore blue jeans and a black turtleneck. For, for every day to work. I and I don't really know what the significance, I don't remember, Elizabeth, what the significance of that protest was other <laughs> than I'm not dressing for this kind of weather. I'm, I'm just not. And the other thing is, is I love flip flops. And so like I, I try and wear flip flops as long as I can. But I, I think this idea of being cozy and embracing the weather is so important. One, because I think if you don't, what I realized when I moved from Minnesota, to Arizona mm-hmm. is that I think I did suffer from a little bit of uh, seasonal affective disorder. And you didn't know it because you and were I didn't used know to that it. being your life in Minnesota. I got really yeah. blue. Yeah. And I love the expression blue because I was not depressed, but I would get very blue sort of in February and March. Mm-hmm. And part of that just comes from the darkness, perhaps not mentally embracing the cold, yeah. not focusing on what would make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that my mood would, would shift so substantially until I moved to Arizona and every day is sunny. And I never tired of that. Yeah. I never tired. Like people are like, oh my God, you know, every day the weather never changes. Well, it does. And what I learned was to embrace the rhythm of that weather mm-hmm. because it's the same. There are many downsides to living in Arizona. Yeah. But I learned to embrace the summer. Uh, I learned to embrace the winter. And I think if I had to move back, if I did move back to Minnesota, I would do exactly what this article, and we'll get into it, tells you to do, which is to embrace what's in front of you so that you can really enjoy the difference in what's happening in nature. Because it, it, it makes such a mental difference. Yeah. And I don't think I did that effectively. It's sort of like the ultimate way of just acceptance you know i mean that whole like sense of that whole idea of how can you find peace in your life it's like a very eckhart tolle way of looking at life you know where right right like how can you just it is what it is so it you're there there's no fighting against what it is it is particularly when it comes to a season like i don't know what else to tell you this is i mean if you want to move you can do that but if you're not going to move then you're here and um and it is what it is and so finding a way to not just accept it, but to also find joy in it is important. So she has some like fun little tips. So I thought we could go through some of these of like how you can um, embrace the cold and see if we're both doing these things. Everyone ready to play this game? Let's play. Okay. She says getting the right light is very important. 
yep. that you need to make sure that you have enough lighting and you should try to find yellow light. So like a warm light bulb mm-hmm. because white light is quite harsh on you and that will make you feel tired. She says string lights are the best thing in the entire world. She said, I don't know why it's such a mood booster, but there's something magical it about it. We have them lining the entire ceiling. They're just around a copper wire. It costs almost nothing and it brings you so much joy. My husband is like a psychopath about light bulbs. I mean, we get, you get a light bulb in this house that is too bright white and you will hear about it from Jay Rimers <laughs> and he will. Well- he will unscrew that light bulb. How many hockey players does it take to unscrew a light bulb? Just one. And he will get aggressive about it. Well, I will tell you, this is so funny that you, that this is in the article. My son called me last night to show me the new light bulbs <laughs> they bought in a, in a, in a, in a sale, in a post Thanksgiving day sale. Yeah. And they are smart bulbs and you control them with your phone. Yeah. And they change light. Like they go, they can, they're a yellowish you do it light. warmer, cooler, you could whatever. Do warm, yeah. And then you can also go to different colors. So you could go to red and then he did That's sort of good. an amber. Yeah. And then you can also link it to your Spotify account. Yeah. So that'll, it'll sort of like vibrate or change with the light, like with the music, mm-hmm. which seems a little disco-y for me. I'm not sure I need that in my room, but he was like so happy with them, but it speaks to lighting. And yeah. he's very, um, he's very, he is such a producer at heart. Like he has to have his surroundings exactly right. So true. And so, so lighting matters to him, but he's very yeah. excited about the light bulbs. Lighting is huge. Well, yeah. she likes those Philips Hue smart lights. Those okay. are probably the same ones. She says we put the whole house on automation. So in the morning, everything is just gradually getting lighter. Yep. It's oh, much easier that. to get out of bed if it's already nicely lit. Yeah. Um, and she makes a point of trying to go to bed at the same time and getting up at the same time, which is, you know, so true. But I, I like this idea of the gradual light. This is what I'm yeah. struggling with right now is that I wake up to the sound of someone yelling, mommy, 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 mommy. And then that's my alarm clock. And then it's pitch black. And then I do have lights oh. on dimmer. So I like start to like ease it in. Right. But I think if it was just naturally Happening. getting lighter, that would be better for me. Oh, I think that's great. Um, cause you know what? It would be better to wake up slowly to soft light. Yes. Than to mommy, 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 mommy. Ugh, I know. Mommy. I love it. You know, so when you though. say that, yeah. When you say that, it makes mm-hmm. me slightly nauseous. No, I know. I know. It is. It's like, it's such a beautiful thing. The first thing he thinks of is me when he wakes up. That's what it he is wants. beautiful. But at the same time, it's like, I do really. I am now, you know, Heathcliff is a little over two. So I have had now another full over two years of never waking up on my own, always waking up to someone else. And people are like, why you should get up earlier. And I'm like, I don't want to get up earlier. Yeah. That never works Sometimes he's waking, like he's in a space where he wakes up at six. Like I'm not getting up in the five o'clock hour. It's just not happening for me. No. Unless I'm forced to by him. Yeah. Mommy. No, Um, no, I think the gradual light. I love that. Uh, Cecilia says forgetting spring cleaning, trying solstice cleaning before you hunker down is really good. She says, I make sure I clean the entire house and she prepares herself for the cold. I really love this idea too, of sort of like creating a fall tradition where you, and I sort of did this cause I went to the foundry home goods. You know, I love the foundry. I love Anna. And I went and bought new beeswax candles and I kind of like switched the table to fall and did some of those things. Um, but she said just shifting like your shoes, shifting all these things yep. so that you feel prepared 
and ready instead of just all of a sudden one day, holy hell, it's zero degrees and this sucks. Well, I do love the ritual of that and making it a, a ritual preparation. And I don't think I've ever done, I do love like deep cleaning. I really do. I like doing it myself. Um, I've never done like a fall deep cleaning, but there is something I was bored on Saturday night for some reason. I don't know what Ian was doing. And so I like deep cleaned. We have a big kitchen and sort of a just a, it, our house is on three levels. And so yeah. the kitchen is one level to itself. So it's oh, a big room. That's fun. Uh Yeah, it's great. Very open, but it's a big room. And I could just tell like everything was getting like the cabinets were kind of dusty. Yeah. Like yeah. I just I hadn't deep cleaned it in like yeah. a couple of months. And so I was like, OK, I'm just going to. I'm going to scrub every inch of this kitchen. And there is something about even when you can't really see the dust or the dirt, that when it's gone, when you've really de- – there's a freshness to the room and to yeah. the air that so to nice. enter into a period of sort of hunkering down in a in a house like that, I can see how that would be sort of rejuvenating. And would increase your energy and sort of just the feeling of, oh, I feel good about being in this space. Mm-hmm. So I love that idea of like a fall cleaning because we do think about like deep spring cleaning, but I think a fall cleaning, that makes sense in a winter area. This sweet idea of making sure you're warm when you're inside, I really liked as well, where she says, um, keeping your house at a temperature that makes you comfortable, but even more important um, having proper slippers. And if you live in an old, like I live in an old house and we have hardwood floors. So I just not wearing slippers feels so cold and like harsh. Yeah. And now I just have multiple pairs of slippers. So if I leave them in one (laughs) one area, I just go find another pair of slippers. I have orthopedic slippers because I'm a (laughs) hundred and, um, and that is a good idea. She says, if you're walking around and feel tired and cold, that's not nice. So always having slippers leaning into you time. Um, she said, it's such a calm time of year. It's a great time to focus on yourself. You have this super intense period of the summer when you're out socializing, you're doing so much. Now you have this time where you can really relax and read a lot of books. This is something I do crave and totally embrace that feeling of, and I think also because I garden, you know, like There is something about gardening that's like it's always hanging over your head that you could be over out there doing something like I should be pulling something. I should be planting something else. I should be like adding something else. And then that feeling of like in zone 5B, we shut her down, you know, like nothing's growing out there. Right. And and um, and, you know, we're not like at the pool until late. We're just not we're we can stick to bedtimes. We've got more of a routine. Right. That is a nice thing about fall and winter. Well, I think too, that's one of the things, this idea of ritual in the winter. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we, we like, like when I think about Minnesota, the rituals were about Thanksgiving, were about Christmas, were about those, those sort of seasonal holidays. Mm -hmm. But if you think about how many more rituals you could add into your life that are winter rituals, and I do think Minnesota does this well, the cities, do this well yeah. because they have festivals and they have they have events outside that you can go to but i mm-hmm. think as a family that idea of extending you know bedtime reading schedules because you're not late out in the summer of yeah. you know maybe if you have time for it the energy for it of making you know bedtime stories instead of one book of making it a hot cocoa 
book, you know, just really making it a half hour every night. Because honestly, those are the things the kids will remember. I know. I know. Those are the things that they'll start thinking of winter as something sort of fantastic because yeah. it just has this magical quality to it because you've taken those really wonderful things and stretched them in a calmer, different way because you're not extended in a, a million different directions. No, it's totally true. I mean, like Friday night pizza and a movie night is kind of a staple around here and we do yep. it in the summer, but not as consistently and it's not as fun. Like it's way more fun when we like have blankets and we get the popcorn and it's dark and we're yeah. not like putting down the shades to make it dark. It's just dark outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple more things. Cecilia says, get outside, but dress for it. She says, you can do everything that you can in the summer. All you need is a headlamp and good layers. And <laughs> she said, it took me two years to understand how I should actually dress to stay warm. In Norway, yeah. you grow up knowing that you should wear wool. She said, in Sweden, where I come from, for some reason, they didn't teach me that. So I was always a bit cold. But here, all you need is really good layers of wool. And, you know, I will tell you, I got a, a few years ago, I finally got a almost ankle length puffer coat from L.L. Bean. It was not Slept. super expensive. Like these right. Canada goose coats that are $1,500. I'm like, what in God's name are we doing here? The This L.L. Bean one I have, it's thin, it's packable, it has a hood. And um, it was the best thing I've ever purchased right. because I finally am not cold. And then I put boots on and they go up to the bottom of the coat Yep. And I'm finally not cold and my butt's not cold and my whole body isn't shivering. And I'm not like having to steel myself against the cold every time I walk outside. I just am because that coat is freaking warm. Well, I will say for many, many years, I did commercials for a company called Schuler Shoes, which oh, yeah, is in the good. Twin Cities. I love them. And I love them so much because that is where I learned to get the proper footwear Oh yeah, for the climate that you're living in. Mm -hmm. And this is where when you want to invest... And this this is probably a no-brainer to everybody that's listening, but this was a lesson I had to learn in Minnesota, is you spend money on boots. You oh, get the sure. right boots to keep your feet warm. And once I started wearing, like, the proper footwear, like, really well-made boots, then it was like, oh, my God, walking through the snow, you know, we used to walk 20 minutes to dinner in the dead of winter. Uh -huh. And it, it made it really fun because then you feel like you're an adventurer and you're going yeah. out against the elements and you're not cold no, and your toes so aren't freezing. So it, getting the right, the right stuff to make winter doable is, is key. My but next it, it, pair of boots, I'm going to get those Steger mucklucks that are made in Ely. Oh, nice. And I've been I'll obsessing over up. them and I'm looking at the website and I just feel like, and Nestor's, maybe you can help me justify this purchase that I, um, I don't know if you all remember, but I slipped on ice and broke my ankle in February. I haven't talked about it that much. Whatever. Yeah. It's but you want to protect your I've ankles. talked about it nonstop and it's just, I'm sick of hearing about my own ankle and I live with my ankle. But, um, <laughs> I feel like I deserve a really great new pair of boots this year in order to help me manage my anxiety about walking on ice. Yes. It's scary. It's, you know, ice is real. The danger yeah. is real. But do you agree with me on the new boots? I agree. How I much? deserve them. Like two seventy nine, hundred percent. Two seventy nine. Yeah, not even a thought. It's not like six hundred. You got to get, you got to get good boots. I'm gonna especially, have these, especially because you work outside sometimes. Yeah, I'm gonna have these till the end of time. And I have a detached garage. Oh my gosh! Side note about the garages. Can I just tell you? You know, we live in the city. We have a detached garage. Yeah. We go to my um brother in law's house uh, on Saturday for our Thanksgiving our tortilla soup festival. Yeah. And um, 
And Frankie goes, oh, no, it was this was Friday when we were on our way to my parents' house. And Frankie goes, these houses are huge. Well, I would love to live in this house. Side note, it's not like they're monstrous houses, guys, where my parents live. It's just that they have the garages attached, so they look really big. <laughs> so Frankie goes, the garage is right next to the house. And Jay and I just started cracking up because we were like, yeah, kids. It's a modern that convenience happens. that we choose to live without. Yes. We pay that's more so to live a life that's less convenient. Yes. <laughs> Although I did see something either on Instagram or TikTok or somewhere. Not on TikTok because I don't go to TikTok. This must have been on Instagram. Where the new rage in home building is a pass-through from the garage directly into a pantry. Oh. Is that not genius? Yeah. So you just put your groceries straight yeah. into your pantry. Yeah, you unload your Costco and you just roll on in. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Love All it. Right. You're never going to have that, it. but that's okay. No, I'm never going to have that unless I no. built like some sort of channel. <laughs> yes. I a channel to the garage. I 100% think you should dig a channel for a million dollars from your garage to your house. A no. private walkway underneath. Walkway. Or no, you could do a skyway. Yeah, I could do a skyway. That would be really good. Anyway, um, we digress. We digress. Cecilia, our um, North Pole TikToker, also says eating well. Um, she says in the summer, you know, you get all this free vitamin D. She does take vitamin D supplements living in this North Pole. I am really a big believer in vitamin D supplements. I think right. that they do make a big difference. She says moving around is very important um, in the winter, even if you can't get outside. And um, and then if you're struggling, talk to someone and try yeah. to figure out how to how to get in a better state. And like you talked about, just le- you know, maybe you didn't know how tough it was on you until you left. And now right. looking back, you could go, oh, maybe I would handle that differently. So maybe that's an opportunity for everybody to sort of just step back and go, how am I really feeling? And if I feel oh, this, con- this, this constant dull, like, ugh feeling, talking to someone and then incorporating some things. I will tell you, I've really been more religious about using the red light, um, on my face. You know, I've talked about it before that I use a red light device on my ankle every day since I broke it. Um, but now I'm going to a place where they have the full red light panels once a week and I've been incorporating more using my red light on my face every day. And it does, it like gives you that warm feeling that you get from sitting out in the sun that just like soaks into your bones and it's so great. And you can get the small red light devices aren't crazy. I mean, you know, it's, it's the purchase, but it's not crazy expensive. Well, I think the key for me and how I got through it was I do know that I have to exercise. Yeah. So my body demands whatever endorphins I get from exercising. So if I don't work out, especially back then, if I didn't work out during the winter months, Mm -hmm. I always had a place to go and work out because if I didn't work out, I could feel it in my mood. I could, I could feel it. So that was the blessing for me in that I didn't know why I felt that drive to do it. I just felt like because I always had, I just felt like I needed it. In retrospect, that's what would help. It's in, and I think if you do feel a a little bit and, and they've proven this over and over again, that if you feel like, you know, you want to feel better, you want to regulate your mood, Mm -hmm. um, just getting up and moving. And that sounds so cliche, but I am here to tell you, like, that I think is what saved me through sort of February and March is because it also, you don't emerge in March 
you know, feeling sluggish. You feel no. like you've been sort of moving all along the way. And I'm still the same way. I mean, I, I try and walk on the treadmill every, every day. It's, um, it's huge though. I mean, studies show, yeah. listen, and again, I don't have an MD after my name, whatever, but I, I <laughs> studies show that, I mean, exercise is more, is as effective, if not more than a lot of anti-depression medications. And I'm not saying there isn't a place for depression medications. Right. Don't go all like Tom Cruise angry on me. Cause I'm not saying that, but no. I'm saying is that if you're feeling like that sort of blue that you talked about where you're not necessarily going, oh, I, you know, I, I also think like depression medications need to be given out in, in, um, tandem with other things that you're doing to really, you know, manage your, um, mood and anxiety and all those types of things. There should, that should be part of like a holistic approach, but exercise is huge for that. The other thing is, I mean, and you know, all I do is talk about my sauna, but I will tell you, we got it during the pandemic. And there is a reason why in a lot of Scandinavian countries, I mean, particularly Finland, but like a lot of other Scandinavian countries too, where sauna as the Finns say is absolutely just a 100% part of the um of the culture and the native culture here in Minnesota absolutely embraced traditions that involved sweating right. and how important that is for your mental clarity and for your physical health and i think a lot of that is because of you know you don't see people in like there's not like this tradition of sauna in Brazil. I mean, you right. know, it's it's no, up in the north. Living in Brazil is the sauna. Yeah, no, it's in <laughs> so, the north. Yeah. I mean, it's in yeah. the north where you like need this. Well, and so really like stepping back and looking at, okay, where am I? Where do I live? What are the things that I can do to make it better? And everyone, I mean, I get so many messages from people who are now sauna users because I talk about it all the time. And they're like, right. they're just like me. They're like, it's a game changer and yeah it's amazing and i think that's a purchase that for a lot of people space-wise is out of reach and financially might be out of reach but i would say sauna steam um i used to do a lot of heated yoga in yeah. february and march yeah, i mean I there are, the idea of what you're talking about if if those things are out of reach for you the idea is more about find the heat for sure. And find the sweat. And, you know, I would love to have a sauna in my house. I mean, that would be amazing because I know the benefits of that, but that's not going to happen. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But, but like Higher Dose is a company that makes that sauna blanket. They make a blanket. Yeah, exactly. and it, Something it, like that. And it's like, I think I saw it's like four ninety nine. I mean, again, right. that's still a lot of money that I'm not like minimizing no, no, that. No, no, but, no, no. But, and then there's more and more places that are popping up. I just saw another one pop up, um, in the Twin Cities where Mike Ben belongs to a plant co-host on Twin Cities Live, but he's got a place where it's 30 bucks a month and you can go unlimited infrared sauna and cold plunge. Like I might argue. Yeah. Yeah. Even, and then if you, you know, if you're a member at a gym, which a lot of people are, a lot of people, and you can do, you know, gym memberships, like a lot of them aren't that expensive and a lot of them have saunas. Right. I, I would make the argument based on the research that I've read that you should, if you are going to the gym and you're like, okay, I've got 40 minutes to work out, work out for 20 and get in the sauna yep. for 20. That that 100%. would be, a, that's better than doing a 40 minute workout. 100%. But the, but the idea is in the winter is to sort of chase that feeling, however yeah. you can find it. And there yeah. are places to do it. I mean, my indulgence, my indulgence in the, the last two years I lived in the Twin Cities, my indulgence was having a membership to Core Power because oh, I felt yeah. really good about nice going there. and doing the heated, the heated yoga yeah. because it just, it, there was something about that 
just sweating it out and feeling accomplished, getting the endorphin rush Mm -hmm. that really made it like that became ritualistic because I only wanted to do the heated yoga in the winter. I didn't want to do, I don't even know if they offer it in the summer, but I I wasn't going to do it in the summer. Oh my gosh. I I got to tell you a heated yoga story. So I went to a heated yoga class at Core Power. Now Mandy Toddick is my boss at Twin Cities Life. She is, she's totally okay with me telling this story because she knows this years ago. This was before we had kids. You know, this was when it would be like, hey, after work, let's we can go do whatever we want. What is this freedom like? That sounds amazing. (laughs) Um, So we were like, let's go to yoga. And she had never done a hot yoga class. And I was like, oh, I love hot yoga. Um, And there was a hot yoga class at a core power in like, I think we went to the North Loop or something. So we find one right after work. We decide to go. It's a 90 minute class. Okay. So it's a 90 minute hot yoga. Okay. That's a lot. I think it was Bikram. So it's, you know, those same 26 poses. And I think in the 96, 90 minute, you do it two times. It's 104 degrees. Elizabeth, that's aggressive. Now, Mandy is, she is a very Nordic person. Okay. Like super blonde, super fair. She's like very Nordic, but she does not handle heat well. Some people like it doesn't feel good to them. So then maybe they should do other things. Maybe they should cold plunge. Uh But she... She wanted to go to this class with me. We wanted to go. We were great. Let's go. So we've got our stuff. We lay out our yoga mat. We lay out our towels. We get blocks. You know, you have your water bottle. You do the whole thing and you sit in this class. All I, We sit in the beginning and I remember her being like, oh. okay, we are getting, we are for, about 40 minutes into the class. Oh my God. And she, she oh is God. so hot and she goes, you gotta go. You gotta take my stuff. I gotta go. Take my stuff. I gotta go. She leaves the class, leaves all of her stuff. Okay. Like towels. She might have brought her water bottle. I don't know, but right. towels leaves all the things, Matt, all the stuff just leaves the class is gone. She said she sat outside in the freezing cold for like 20 minutes trying to cool down. So- oh my God. Just trying to recalibrate. And then I'm realizing like now I'm 70 minutes into this class. I'm freaking dying. I'm like, I am so hot and I like being hot. I, and I like like this sweat and I have had done hot yoga and liked it, right. but it was right. 90 minutes is a I don't long think I could time. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I was dying and realizing like, I can't leave. I've got all of my stuff and all of her stuff <laughs> to get out of here. Like there's no way the production that will happen if yeah, I just decide like everybody. I'm leaving and I'm opening the door and it's this whole thing. I like, I'm not going to do it. So I make it through. I got into my car and I had to sit in the car and then I had to roll down all the windows and, and wait because the heat from me was coming off and it was icing up the entire car from the inside. I had to take a credit card and like scrape so I could see <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> Oh my God. Unbelievable. So whenever I think of hot yoga, I think of Mandy just being like, take my stuff back to go. And I know Mandy and she's so fair skinned. I can (laughs) envision her face, which was probably bright red, bright red. No, and and heated yoga is not, I mean, you've got to be ready for it. It's not, (laughs) it's not something you just go in and do. Like there's 90 minutes is a long time. It's a long time. Even for it's the sauna, time. you guys, if you get one, yeah. like you need to start you be slow. Careful. You got to start slow. Like I go in now at my infrared can get up to the max. I can get it up to is it says 170. I get it up to 166 and I am in there for 
if I'm in there for 30 minutes, I mean, I'm sweating, but I've now I've been regularly using it for two years. You got to be careful. All of these things you have to be careful because we're not doctors. We're not healthcare workers in any way. We're not physical therapists. We're not anything. We're talk show hosts. So we just say what we like. I'm just a wellness enthusiast is what I like to say. Elizabeth Reese Reimers, W dot E, wellness enthusiast. (laughs) I will That's tell it. you the one thing about getting cozy. I have found a tea, mm. which we very much like our tea ritual. Yes. Um, it's the stash brand. Do you know? I don't even know where I get it. No, the I don't know, but brand. I'm intrigued by this. It's probably from, I don't know where I get it because I go to so many different grocery stores. So yeah, it could be Trader Joe's, I'm gonna but look I'm it not up. really sure. Or it's the grocery store here that I go to. Um, but. They had, it's an herbal tea because I'm trying to manage my caffeine intake. Oh, wow. What a joy for you. Boy, I didn't do that when we were on the radio together. You ate, drank 10 cups of coffee. It's horrible, Elizabeth. I'm down to like three quarters of a cup a day. No. I know it's very sad. It has changed my personality. I'm sorry. I'm a different, slower turtle now. I'm glad you're finding joy in this tea though. Well, the tea is the, it's, uh, the licorice. Mmm. It's oh, they have all so, sorts of, um, they have all sorts of flavors. It's so good. And it's so, co- it's like when you think about cozy, it's so cozy. So that's the yeah. other thing is, you know, find your drink of choice that gets you through the winter. And I have a cup of tea every night and that's sort of ritualistic. And you and I love our rituals, but I think to this woman's point, that's sort of the beginning of enjoying a different season is inventing or creating the rituals that make you feel like you actually want to be in that season. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's what I, I really that. took away from this. And that's why yeah. I wanted to share it with you because I just was so, I just am fascinated by that idea. And again, it comes back to, I do think that if you look at history or how other people live, it can definitely change your perspective on how you live. I mean, that's like, mm-hmm. it's like traveling without traveling. And then, um, and then wherever you are, there you are. Like it is right. what it is. You, it, right. it's just like embracing it and kind of, Figuring out ways to sort of tweak it and enjoy it, I think can be a really beautiful challenge. And, um, and, and just getting into that rhythm is nice. So I don't know. Hopefully. Well, and I think you always, because we talk about families, it's about what you're modeling for your kids as well. Yeah, for sure. If you're committed to living in a cold climate or the, you know, in a climate that's uncomfortable, because both, all of what we're talking about can also be talked about in climates that are excessively hot that you have to find, you have to find ritual in that as well. But I think part of that is how do you model that for your family, that this is where we are choosing to be. Mm -hmm. So how are we going to enjoy it? What are we going to embrace about it? Get the full length puffer coat. Just get it. Who cares if it looks like you're wearing a sleeping bag? Just get it. (laughs) And now I've been justified in buying my Steger Mucklucks from Ely. There you go. It's happening. All right. Joyful conversation. I love time with you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com. We are the podcast that brings you home. 